Well, good morning, everybody. Welcome uh, to Church in the Valley. We're really glad that you're here uh, to worship with us this morning. My name is Alex Barrett. I'm the campus pastor here at Church in the Valley. Last week, I was in a diamond bar. We have a campus there. And so Randy Lanthrop is here speaking. And uh, regularly, we try to switch off so we can stay connected to what's uh, going on in each campus. But it's great to be back. I spend most of my time here uh, in Alhambra. And today we're wrapping up a series that we started a few weeks ago called Everyday Missionary. And we've been looking at what's the role of people who follow Christ uh, in their everyday world. What are the things that we're supposed to be uh, focusing on, uh, giving our lives to, pouring our energy in to make happen? And this has been a lot of perspective, a lot of how we should see our lives, our goals, the agendas that we set. And it's also, Lord willing, been practical for you, how you've been able to kind of see maybe some things that you could do uh, differently, some minor tweaks that you might need to make uh, in your schedule, in your priorities, and things like that. Uh, Today, we're going to kind of take another kind of 30,000 feet look, big picture, at kind of what is our life uh, supposed to be all about. And anytime we kind of think of that, oftentimes we have big things that we'd like to see happen. Uh, In our culture, we kind of call something like that, like a bucket list. You guys heard of that before? What's on your bucket list? It's kind of, what would you like to do? What would you like to see before you die? How many of you today would say, I have some things on my bucket list? Anyone? Okay. Has anyone been able to do any of the things on your bucket list? Like you said, yes, I got to do that. Now that's where everyone's being shy, like, no, not me. Well, bucket lists usually are something really big or extravagant that we normally don't get to do. Uh, It could be to go to some exotic place. It could be to meet somebody that we've always wanted to meet, experience something. But it's it's something big. It's something that that motivates us that that we want to do. It could be big. It could be small. As we've been talking about this series, Everyday Missionary, It's kind of something that's helpful to look at in kind of contrast to the things that we may have on our bucket list. What are the things that we really want to do in life that we'd like to accomplish? And then what does God have to say about the big things, too? What what does he have to say about this is what you should do? This is what you should make your life count for. And we hope over the last few weeks you've kind of gotten a, a sense of some of that. And so we're going to close out today by looking at how does this kind of this idea of being an everyday missionary how does this continue every day and beyond? Like, what, what are we supposed to be doing in our life? And so we're going to kind of, again, take a big picture approach and then kind of bring it home into what this means uh, to us from, from day to day. But I want to start again with the, the scriptures, because as you walk with God and you get to know him and you decide to follow him and you become a Christian, you, you say, I'm going to give my life to follow Jesus. He's going to be my boss. He's going to call the shots. What's important to him is going to become important to me. And over time, I'm going to start making choices based on that. That's what it means to be a Christian. Well, as you do that, you start to realize that oftentimes our life uh, can be narrow focused. We can kind of focus on our own goals, our own bucket lists, our own agendas, our own families, our own priorities. And we can actually fail to see that God is the God of the universe. He created everything. He's in control of everything, including me and including you. And that his view of things is so much wider often than than our own. We can be very focused. And so it's very important 
in life to continually go to the scriptures because the scriptures, when we read the word of God, they have a way of, again, allowing us to see really what's important to God. This is really how we widen our view of things and how we can expand our our perspective and even our vision and what we want to give our life to. And so I want to kind of go back to the beginning where we started. And what is the task that God has given through Jesus to all those that follow him? And here it is that you find again and again in the scriptures. And that is that Jesus sends his followers, those are Christians that decide to follow him, with a task that reaches beyond this world. Again, it's very easy to focus on our own responsibilities. And being a Christian means we actually need to handle our responsibilities. We can't just think about the whole world, but yet not be faithful in our work and be faithful in our parenting or faithful to our roommates and the different responsibilities that we have. So they go together. But a Christ follower is somebody that doesn't just focus on these narrow pursuits, but really looks at what what is God doing in the world? And what you find uh, in the book of Acts, this was written kind of by the, the early church. When the church got started, these were new Christians that were coming around. Jesus had come. He had died on the cross. He had risen again. And he was saying, like, you are going to be my witnesses. You're going to tell people about my life. You're going to tell people the fact that I died for their sins, that I rose again, that I am the way to the Father. I am the way to eternal life. You, you are supposed to tell all that you come into contact with about me, about my plan for their life, about the purpose that I, I can give them. And so he was motivating the early followers in the early church, and they were really responsible with the power of God to spread Christianity. And early on, something that they said is really helpful for our own perspective, again, to kind of become wider than sometimes what we narrow in on. And this is what they said in Acts 13, 47. This is a response to some people who came alongside some of the early followers, like, why are you so bold in your faith? Why do you tell people? And this is what they said. It says, for so the Lord has commanded us, saying, I have made you a light for the Gentiles that you may bring salvation to the ends of the earth. This is what they're saying. The reason we're sharing our faith, the reason we're saying all that Jesus had done and what he's about, and the reason we're not backing down despite the threats that are coming upon us, the fact that our lives may be taken from us is because we are supposed to be these lights to the Gentiles. Now, the early Christians were in this really focused Jewish world. And they were focused on the Messiah and saving the Jewish people and becoming his people again, redeemed and saved for his purposes. And Jesus came to say, like, this is much bigger than even just your own Jewish world. I want salvation to come and light to penetrate the darkness throughout the ends of the earth. And you see there, his early followers, he, he made it a point. Jesus made it a point of always explaining and showing and exampling. This is not just about us and here and now. We want this movement, we want people to be able to find Jesus throughout the earth. And this is on the heart of God. And you can actually see, if you read the Old Testament, which is written before the New Testament, you find that this was also predicted long before this happened. And this is even found in in the book of Isaiah. Isaiah 49.6 speaks to this as well. He says, It is too small a thing that you should be my servant to raise up the tribes of Jacob and to restore the preserved ones of Israel. I will also make you a light of the nations 
so that my salvation may reach to the end of the earth. Now, this was written many, many, many years before the Acts passage I just read. But can you see the similar theme? This is God's heart. I want the light of my son Jesus to penetrate the darkness throughout the earth. Now, this passage in Isaiah is really interesting because they were actually focused on rebuilding the nation of Israel. Again, they were focused on their people, trying to be the people that lived for God. They weren't doing anything that was necessarily rebellious, but they were focused on their own people, their own kingdom, building their their world. They'd been scattered. They'd been destroyed. Their lands had been destroyed by the Assyrians and the Babylonians. And so they were focusing on, let's rebuild our nation. It's very interesting in this passage how it says, while you're doing this, they were told, I will also make you a light. So this idea of being a light is connected to this thought of being an everyday missionary in our world, sharing who Jesus is, sharing how you connect and decide to live for him, what it means to live for him in, in daily life, how to be one of his disciples. This is a part of the light penetrating the darkness throughout the earth. This was written in the Old Testament. This was written in the New Testament. And people today are giving their lives for this as well. And as a church here at Church in the Valley in Alhambra, this is what our church is supposed to be about. How can we take the light of salvation to our community here and to the communities outside of that, and to the communities outside of that, and always looking for the expanse that happens And so I want to kind of talk a little bit about perspective, because if this is on God's heart, that he wants to take the light of salvation, he wants to take missionaries throughout the earth. Does that mean every single one of us, if we decide to follow Christ, we have to go home, we have to pack our bags and we have to just go somewhere, not here. Actually, in scriptures, not everyone is supposed to go to the ends of the earth, but as we're living life God's way, he sends people. And that's what a missionary is, somebody who is sent And so I want to shift gears a little bit and talk about people that our church is connected with who are taking their role of an everyday missionary and doing it it to to the ends of the earth. Uh, This is helpful for me because, again, I get really focused on my schedule this next week, the different meetings I have, the different responsibilities, what's going on in the weekend, and when am I going to get this done, and when am I going to get that done that's... I, I tend to forget that there's, there's people in the world who are paying a price to be Christians. There's people in the world who are paying a price to share with others about what it means to follow Christ. And we actually have a role to, to come alongside them. And so that's what I'm going to talk about a little bit. But I want to kind of give you a picture of who are all the different people that are being everyday missionaries in the world. So you can kind of see that this, this actually is happening. And so he wants to make us a light to the ends of the earth, and some are called to go to other countries. And through the years here at Church in the Valley, we've we've always tried to make a point to help support the people who are making other Christians in other nations. Like who is actually going to the ends of the earth where there is a lot of darkness and not much light. So I'm just going to kind of give some things that are local, some things that are international, just to give you a picture of of the opportunity we have to, to partner and support different people. Uh, I want to give kind of the context for some teams that, that we've sent out. And I want to start with uh, how we've partnered with some of our northern friends in Canada. And uh, Gary and Sue Smith, there's a picture 
of a team that was sent. Uh, this was a few years ago, I think in 2011. Um, we had kind of some churches from our network churches that you may look and like, what kind of a, a trip is that? This is called the River People, right? Um, our goal on this mission trip was to build a road uh, in a native Canadian village for a camp to reach uh, kids. And so this is this forest is where uh, the camp was going to be. And our role was we had to build a road. And so this was like a manual labor mission trip. And Gary and Sue Smith are partners that we've worked with in the past who are really trying to start churches in Canada, all throughout Canada, which is completely and utterly in, in darkness. There's so little churches in a lot of parts of Canada. And so we've partnered to help uh, do things that are going to help the ministries that, that they're a part of. Another team that we've been a part of in the past uh, is helping some people in uh, India. And this is a conference that some church members were a part of, uh, helping some people who are starting churches in Guwahati, India. Uh, another a place that we've gone where people are, are partnering and working throughout the earth is in Thailand. Uh, we have a man called Tim Owens who we've uh, supported, who's actually the father of Bethany Owens, who's a member of Church in the Valley in Alhambra. Uh, there's a couple pictures here of some trips that we took to Thailand in 2013 and 2015. And we've also been a part of helping uh, the Connection Ministry, which is started by Martha Moore, uh, in Europe and in Germany and in Spain. And she's just getting started again in Amsterdam. And there's some pictures, if we show those, of, of some of those teams. That's another Thailand pick. This is in Spain. Keep going. This is uh, Germany when it was colder. And this was last year. We had some uh, members from our Dino Bar and our Hamburg campus helping this out. And so Martha Moore is really trying to help reach college students. Martha, as part of a sister church, uh, in Huntington Beach, and also she was a part of Christian Challenge on staff years ago, and she's trying to be this light in Europe, which again is is very dark. Uh, it's very post-church. Uh, there's about four percent Christians in Germany, um, and it's just a tremendous opportunity. And so we we've partnered with with her and the different uh, student ministries that that she's trying to to get started there in in Europe. A few years ago, we also had an opportunity to help and partner with uh, some families that are trying to make some enrones in the darkness in Niger, Africa. In fact, uh, the Montgomery's, Mr. and Mrs. Montgomery, Ben Montgomery's uh, parents, uh, they are a part of a, a hospital in Niger who are really trying to use the hospital as a way to meet needs and really to share the gospel with people that, that don't know Jesus. And so they're, they're meeting needs. They're helping people get the, the health needs that, that they have met. And at the same time, really trying to help people. And we, we have a video that a team of, of Church in the Valley people put together to spread the word about uh, this ministry that's happening in Galmi, Niger. And one of the things about being a light is people just need to know about all the opportunities that, that exist. And so we have people at Park Church in the Valley that are very gifted in audio and visual who work uh, in the industry, and they gave up their time to go to, to just take footage. And I, I want to show some of this because some of the time, as a church, we don't actually know all that's happening uh, behind the scenes related to how we're trying to help people and give resources to people who are you know, really making a difference throughout the world. So I want to spend just a few minutes watching this video, which highlights... 
uh, the hospital there that that uh, Ben's parents are a part of. Let's watch that. For Yakubu and Yap, they've always known that God was calling them to give their lives to the Nigerian people and to bringing the gospel and healing for bodies. I came to Galmi and um, my first visit really was so impressive. I grew up here. I did my studies uh, in Niger, but I've never came to Galmi to look at what is happening inside. Everything that I know was, was outside. When I came here 18 years back, Kalmi was like a dark place. But now there's light. That means something is moving, something is improving. The hospital and the people also, and the environment and the country also. Yakub and Yap are gifted and courageous leaders. They've often provided vision and they're always providing challenge and support to others toward growth and maturity. He helps us in conflict resolution and problem solving. He just brings a completely different perspective, um, which adds so much wisdom to situations. They're wonderful, generous people. They're always uh, ready to help, uh, whether it be the needs of the patients or the needs of the staff. Both of them have incredible skill in terms of um, their cultural understanding and also of their Uh, linguistic abilities. Yap is a gifted evangelist. She rarely interacts with a patient without sharing the gospel and has such a gifted way of sharing. Um, She loves to talk about Jesus. She loves to talk about God's grace and is bold in her witness and is um, fearless in how she shares. I mean, he did a residency also in France, and he could have stayed in France. Most doctors that leave Niger, they don't come back. But technically, as a surgeon, um, you know, I think he's one of the, the best surgeons I've uh, seen full stop in terms of his abilities, his range of abilities, and his technical capacity. He's an excellent, excellent surgeon. He's an excellent teacher, and we are so blessed to have them on our team. Yeah, I love working with them. Uh, I'd recommend to anyone, if there's an opportunity to support them in any way, um, I'd certainly encourage them to do that. Yakubu and Yap are both highly contributing members and also beloved partners in the work here at Gomi Hospital. How many of you have heard of Gomi Hospital before you just saw that? Okay. A, a few of you. But the reason we want to show that is, is that that's the kind of thing that we just we just don't know what's happening around the world. Uh, some of it's just we just don't know. But Stephen and Carol Montgomery have, have really given their lives to being in Niger to, to begin this hospital and then to really be this these these catalysts to inviting people that are also deciding to, to give their life to helping people there as well. And there was a, an interesting statement, like uh, Carol, Ben's mom, said, you know, that this surgeon who decided, like, he wants to be this everyday missionary. He wants to use his gifts and his skills to help people come to know Christ as he's meeting their needs. And he, he went to, he was in France, and he could have stayed in France. But the reason he didn't stay in France wasn't just because he decided, you know, I'm just going to go to Galmi. That, that would be good. 
His, his vision was what he wanted to give his life to. And his priority was to be an everyday missionary. And that determined the kind of life that he was going to live. And so some have been called by God. All those pictures that you've seen represent all the different continents and countries that we've had an opportunity as a church to help. And these people are, are plugging away for the kingdom as everyday missionaries. And so some are called to, to these other countries. And our role as a church is, is to come alongside them and to support and to help them and to pray for them. And as opportunity to go and, and get into their world as well and see uh, what, what they're doing. And so this, this really inspires me. Many times people have a picture of being a Christian as you actually have to give up what you really want to gain something you don't really want at all. Like, I really could have ambition. I really could make something of my life, but I decided to be a Christian. Won't you be one too? Right? That's like the common view. But the opposite is true. When you see people who are laying their life down, and when I say laying their life, it may not cost them their life, but they've had to give up a lot. You know, being close to family, being maybe in a more comfortable living situation. They've given up a great deal because. Because of what they had to give up and, and lose and just kind of have their head down, but because they're a part of something bigger that God is doing. And God is looking to the ends of the earth. And so that's a snapshot here. Here's some people that are that have been called to go. And we support missionaries in Central Asia who you know, very clearly have called to go and are living in in. in Tremendous, dangerous places. But they're doing that because God's told them to do it. But what does that mean for us here now? Well, as some are called to go, many of us are actually called to, to stay here and invest our life as everyday missionaries right where we are. Sometimes that, that can actually be overwhelming as well. Because sometimes it's like, I'll be an everyday missionary. Just God, you tell me which country I go to and when I'm supposed to do it and I'll go. But what you find is actually, hi. But what you find actually is that he's already told us to be a missionary. And it's exactly where he's put us, right here. In our workplace, in our families, in our neighborhoods. And that's also the opportunity, and that's exciting, just like going. Wherever we are, we have an opportunity to be an everyday missionary. I want to just show a little picture of a kind of a wide angle view versus like a narrow focus. Could you guys pull that up? This is like, this is like promotional, but I'm not promoting a GoPro. You know, don't come next week like, hey, Alex, I got it on, you know, for the service. Uh, But you can just see that the iPhone, this is what you're going to see. And that's actually a good picture. You know, you got the dog right there and these people are central. And then you look at the wide view and you see all, all these other people. And again, that tends, usually we see this narrow, like we just see right here. And, you know, we have kind of our concerns. Our concerns are right in front of us. And it's okay to be concerned with what's in your life. You, you actually have to be, because again, we have to be responsible. We have to take care of the things that God has given us. But there's sometimes where we can be so focused that we actually think that that's all there is. But as you dig into the scriptures and you allow God to lead you, you find that actually there's so much more that you don't see. And that's why spending time in the scriptures and around other Christians that challenge you, it's a way of like, wait, there's more. And then as you see more, wait, there's more. 
And you begin to see that this adventure of Christianity and following Jesus is far better than any bucket list, any item that we could ever be a part of. But when we only see this, we, we miss all that God wants to do. And so I want to kind of talk about what, what are the things that we can, in, in view of this, in, in view of God's kind of global view, since he is, is more wide lens and he actually is not just wide lens, he sees everything. What is it that, that we're supposed to do? And so I want to kind of talk about the role of an everyday missionary. And these are things that everyone can do. Again, doesn't mean you have to go home, pack your bags and just, I'm going to go to LAX. I'm going to go stand by somewhere. Okay, you want God to lead you. You always want to be where God tells you to go. Okay? And if you're here, you're here. And invest here. But here's all the things everyday missionaries can do no, no matter where you are if you're a follower of Christ. An everyday missionary can give. This is where it gets real because we start talking about our role to help light penetrate the darkness throughout the earth. That actually happens a lot through money because missionaries can't be supported without money. Hospitals can't be built without money. And as a Christ follower, our role is to actually give in a way that's going to help spread the gospel to the ends of the earth. If you're not a Christian yet, you actually have no obligation to give. If you're a new Christian and you're kind of new to giving, God's very gracious. For those of you who have been following Jesus for a while, this is one of the ways that we can really contribute is, is by giving. And you find that in the New Testament, kind of the, the encouragement to give in a way that will bless others. In Philippians 4, this was written by Paul who was a big catalyst in the Christian movement in the early church. And he says this, yet it was kind of you to share my trouble. So he's talking about, I didn't expect anyone or any church to help me. Then he says, yet it was kind of you to share my trouble. And you Philippians yourselves know that in the beginning of the gospel, when I left Macedonia, no church entered into partnership with me in giving and receiving except you only. So Paul's just he's talking about his ministry and he's saying, you're the only church that that has helped me. And he says, even in Thessalonica, you sent me help for my needs once and again. Not that I seek the gift, but I seek the fruit that increases to your credit. This can kind of feel like, wow, is he like guilting them? Kind of. No, what, what he's saying is I, I didn't expect anything. But you have actually given to meet the needs of of all the different mission trips and all the different ways that I'm trying to help people come to know Christ. And he's saying, the people that have come to know Christ, you have a part in. He's actually giving them a vision. From their giving, they actually have a part in those that have decided to follow Jesus. That's that last part. But I seek the fruit that increases to your credit. Paul was doing the, the legwork. He was the one that was going on the journeys. He was the one that was shipwrecked and persecuted and whipped. He was the one that was paying this greater price. But his perspective is, as you gave, as you came alongside and you helped me with all the different things that I was doing, if somebody came to know Christ, you have a part in that. It makes a difference. And so an everyday missionary, we, we have a role to, to give. In the Church in the Valley, we, we want to always provide opportunities for people to give. And we have the offering envelope where you can give. And this is just an expression God I want to do my part to help the light go to the ends of the earth. And there's a few ways that, that we give 
uh, here at Church in the Valley, and I just want to ex- kind of explain that to you because you, you, you may not know. And so part of the giving is you give at Church in the Valley helps support the ministries of Church in the Valley here locally in the San Gabriel Valley and in the Diamond Bar campus as we're trying to reach the communities there. So you're giving help support here locally our efforts to help people come to know Christ. That's our goal to invest here and now. At the same time, uh, we also give to Christian Challenge at, at USC and at Chico State and Fresno State. These are ministries that really Church in the Valley Alhambra really came out of uh, for people that are on campuses helping college students learn what it means to follow Jesus, decide to follow him, and, and really learn what it means to, to live for him. And so we, we support them. We also uh, give to the cooperative program through our Southern Baptist Convention, which is supporting missionaries throughout the world through the International Mission Board. Uh, we also support the 17-6 Network of Churches, which has helped starting churches in America and uh, training opportunities in, in other countries as well. So as you give, it, it goes uh, to that. And we also support some specific missionaries serving uh, in Central Asia. So as you give, a portion of what you give supports that as well. And so our giving is always a way that, that God wants us as a church to, to, to have the money that's given from the people that want to make Church in the Valley go and to send it so that as a church we're actually accomplishing the mission that God's given us to do. Send his light to the ends of the earth. So that's that's one key way is through giving. Another key way is is by praying. And that is we want to pray as a church. We actually want to pray. If you're if you're a Christian, you want to pray that that God will help us reach people here in Alhambra and Monterey Park and San Gabriel in the whole San Gabriel Valley where we work, where we live. That God will help us actually reach people that don't yet know Jesus. I don't know if you've ever prayed that if you're a part of this church. But I encourage you to start thinking, how could I regularly pray that God will help us reach people here at Church in the Valley? You can also pray for the different people that we've shown you there. The people that are throughout the earth trying to help people come to know Christ. Uh, Colossians 4, 2 and 3, we, we read that last week, but you can reference that. It just really talks about the doors that we need to pray are opened so that people can hear the difference about Jesus and decide to to follow him. So God acts when we pray. He listens to us. He hears us. And so it's, it's so vital. Another thing is all of us can invest. So we can give, we can pray, and all of us can invest. Uh, investing is really seeing the opportunities that are all around us to be a missionary. Again, the narrow versus the wide. Investing is what, what is God doing? And you, you look around. You look around in your family. Are there people that that are hurting? Are there people that are going through some things that you can come alongside and with the love of Jesus, comfort them and help them? Are there people at your workplace that are stressed and overwhelmed and you know it, but you never have a conversation related to kind of what they seem to be going through? And this is where the prayer and investing come around. You could actually pray that God will give you an opportunity to talk to that person about what they're going through. And you can share the difference that Jesus has made in your life as you have faced things that have overwhelmed you. And I've seen time and time again in my life as I have a heart for people and as I see things and I'm burdened and I can just hold that on myself and just kind of get overwhelmed. And I just remember, you know, I need to pray for them. And then I need to ask God to provide an opportunity for me to talk to them, to identify that I'm a Christian. And for me in my world, sometimes it's a little easy because they say, hey, what do you do for a living? And I say, I'm a pastor. And they go, 
that's really interesting, which is code for like, I want to get out of here because I don't know if you're normal. I face this all the time and it's kind of fun and weird all at the same time. But it happens. That's my world. But in your world, they may not even know you're a Christian just because you work with them. But if you start to explain, identify with Jesus, he will use that. And Paul, the same person who I read about the church that gave to them, he writes how he approached people. And this is really helpful because he uses two analogies. And this is in First Thessalonians. And he says, as apostles of Christ, we could have been a burden to you. He's talking about how he's come alongside people to help them learn what it means to be a Christian. He said, we could have been a burden to you. We could have put expectations on you. We could have said, you need to provide for us. You could have sheltered. Like, he, he thought of all the things that we can do to relieve pressure off the people that we're trying to help. And he says, but, you, but we were gentle among you like a mother caring for her little children. We loved you so much that we were delighted to share with you not only the gospel of God, but our lives as well, because you had become so dear to us. If you want to know what investing is, it's actually loving people. Do you know people in now in our culture, few and far between, actually have people that are real relating to them in a, in a loving way? If you talk to people in your world and actually ask them questions and try to show interest in them, do you know that that might be the only time that somebody's done that in the last two weeks? What Paul's saying is, I, I've loved you like, like a mother loves their kid. In a personal way. In a real way, I see the need and I want to help meet that need. And that's what a Christ follower is supposed to be, an invested person that's looking all around us for ways that we can love those around us. And it's active. And it doesn't happen through text. Investing doesn't happen through text. I love text messaging. I love emails. But you can't care for people like that. I mean, I try sometimes. Love you, bro. Right? But it, it doesn't work. Because a mom can't parent through text. Moms, I know that you, if there was an app for that, some days, right? But it's not. It's life to life. Like a mother caring for their child. Looking for the needs, meeting the needs, expressing love and care. And then just so like the dads don't feel left out, Paul uses an analogy for them as well. And it goes on. In verses 11 and 12, for you know that we dealt with each of you as a father deals with his own children, encouraging, comforting and urging you to live lives worthy of God who calls you into his kingdom and glory. To invest means you care about people, you love people, you slow down, you ask questions, you listen. You see needs, you try to meet them. If you can't meet them, you try to think of ways that people around you can meet them. That's what it means to invest, like a mother does to her children and like a father does as well. This is what it means to be an everyday missionary, coming alongside people, having conversations which talk about what really matters. This is our opportunity to take a step back and say, God, you are moving and you want me to be a part of it, to bring the light here right where I am. And so we can give, we can pray, and we can invest. And the last thing all of us can do, and this is even if you're not even a Christian yet, if you're not a Christian yet and you've enjoyed being a part of Church in the Valley, you can invite people as well. And if you are a Christian, 
You should be inviting people to church. Because the key way that people can learn what it means to be a Christian is to see the church in action. And those are the people, not the building. But a key way is people, they might be willing to come to church. And so we always, as a church, are providing ways to give you opportunities to invite. That's a way that we can be everyday missionaries. I don't know about you, but there's something about inviting people which can be overwhelming. I feel like they're going to think I'm that kind of strange Christian, but we've already established when I say I'm a pastor, they already think that. But in your world, there's kind of that wall, right? Where if I invite them to church, I now become a person that I'm not sure they're going to like. I now become somebody that is different. And there could be real fear there. But when you invite, you take a step and you say, God, I don't know if they're going to view me differently. And I don't know if they're going to kind of put me in a different category now. And I don't know if they're going to think this is crazy. And I don't know if they're even going to appreciate me inviting them. This could go really bad. And there's all the thoughts that we have. You may have some of your own. But if you invite your friends that you go to school with, if you invite your coworkers, your family members, people in your life, if you invite them to church, in a way you're saying, like, this is really important to me. And I'd like you to come and experience it. And you could come with me. Would you be interested in coming? Or as we have events, you know, my church is having this event. Would you, would you like to come? It's a good opportunity to meet people. Would you like to come? Doesn't that just feel like you just put your neck out there? And what if they just say, no, and I'll never talk to you again. Right? Isn't that like our fear? Like, that's never happened. I've gotten a lot of, yeah, that sounds great. Yeah, someday. You know, and I don't know how God's going to use that. Just as a quick like story, we had neighbors that we were relating to you. Relating to. Thank you. We had neighbors we were relating to for years. And we were kind of connecting with them. And they had a, a child right when we had a child. And we were like always walking our kids. And like, hey, how's it going? And it was kind of surfacing. And I just decided, you know what? I just need to invite them to church. I just need to stick my neck out there and just let them know there's an opportunity for them to come to church. They're a new family. We were talking about family at church, and I thought this would be a great opportunity. So I invited them, and he was so enthusiastic. Like, that sounds awesome. Thank you. Like, this is great. And they never came. I was a failure. Right? No, I... Not a fa- I'm just letting you inside my head. Some of you guys are freaking out, but that's how I felt. Like, I'm a failure. They didn't come. And so then I was like, well, they didn't want to come. I'll never invite them again, right? Because why do it? And I just thought, like, no, you need, God just kind of told you, you need to keep inviting them. And so another thing would come, like, we're having a harvest party. Would you guys come? That would be great. That would be awesome. Yeah. They never came. And so, you know, you just get to this point where you're discouraging. Like, well, I, so we just keep hanging out and we get to know them. And we'd go over to their house. They'd come over to our, our house. And just they knew we were Christians. And there was a lot of prayer involved. And there was about three years that went by of us inviting and us investing and us praying. And they never came. And then one Sunday, it wasn't even a special event. They came to church. And if you've ever invited somebody to church, you're like on high alert, right? Like, please, nobody be weird. (laughs) Right? Please make sure the lemonade's still there. Please make sure the pastor doesn't say anything weird. 
right? You're just on high alert because like somebody that you've invited is finally coming. That's how I was. I was just so excited that, that they came. And then like a little while later, this, this woman decided to, to commit her life to follow Jesus. The husband was already Christian and she wasn't. And she decided to commit her life to follow Christ. And her eternity was changed. And recently, they, they, they now have four kids. And recently, uh, their, their daughter has committed her life to follow Christ. Her eternity has been changed. The reason I bring this up is I didn't think that it would take that long. But being an everyday missionary, is we do our part. And we let God do His. He works on the hearts of people. My role is to pray, it's to give, it's to invest, and it's to invite. And over time as you do that, and as you're faithful, God works. And so I want to encourage you, wherever you are, if you're not yet a Christian, as a church, and if there's people that invited you, we actually want you to become a Christian. I'm just going to throw that out there. It's like not a mystery. Christians want non-Christians to become Christians. That's it. The secret's out. Let's hope it's not a secret. But that's the point. A Christian is an everyday missionary. We want people to commit their lives to follow Jesus because their life will change. And so Christians want non-Christians to become Christians. If you're not yet a Christian, we still love you. And we still want you to come back and we want you to take your time to investigate what it means to be a Christian. You come around for as long as you want. If you are a Christian, we want you to be a missionary. We want you to take these steps to invest, to invite, to pray, and to give. It's our role. It's our duty before God. And so wherever you are, I encourage you, whether it's to investigate, if you're not yet a Christian, ask some questions. Don't be passive. Be active in your investigating. Or if you are a Christian, decide which one do you want to do. Is it just to pray? Is it to give? Is it to invest? Or is it to invite? I encourage you today, think about this. Because again, once you leave, the narrow focus. But my prayer is that God will always remind us of what He is doing. And how what He's doing so much wider often than what we see. I'm going to wrap up today. I'm going to ask the, the band to come up. And we're going to receive our offering. You can take some next steps, which basically I just gave to you. And you can write those on the connection card. If you've not yet finished filling that out, go ahead and do that. And you can drop that in the offering um, as that comes by. The band's going to lead us in a song. And if I've never met you, I'm going to kind of stay up towards the front. And I would love to meet you if this is your first or second time uh, here at Church in the Valley. So I'll kind of stay up here and would love to meet you after the service is wrapped. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for your word, which widens our view of what life is really about and your priorities and your goals are so much bigger and grander than ours that we just need to be reminded of that and i know for myself i can get so caught up in my own world that i can really be overwhelmed with the details and you want me to be faithful in the details while at the same time always looking to be an everyday missionary in my world and god this is the prayer for for all of us God, help us to be people that invest and who invite and who pray and who give and just expand our hearts to include other people. Give us a love for people that is not of our own, but is of you. And we need you to help us in that. In the name of Jesus, amen.